Continuing in our discussion of Dvarim Havayim Betoch Hasudavach Ar Hasuda, whether or not foods that come within the context of a meal require their own bracha. So we said that if a person is eating fruit within the context of a bread meal, it would require a bracha rishonah, bracha before eating it, and it would not require bracha achrana. One would not need a concluding bracha, they could rely on the benching that they would be doing. And we said this is going to be true even if we're dealing with cooked fruit. And we said, even if you have fruit which is cooked with a meal-type food, right, the example we gave was uh, meat that's cooked with some sort of fruit. So uh, we saw one opinion that said it would still require a bracha, that fruit. And then we saw two other opinions that suggested maybe in such an instance we would not. So one reason offered was that it wouldn't because at that point the fruit is considered uh, ancillary or secondary to the meat. And because the meat does not require its own bracha, it's covered by the bread. So to the fruit in that instance would not require its own bracha. The other suggestion was that, no, when the fruit is cooked with the meat, so it becomes elevated into a meal-type food. It's no longer considered something which is, uh, you know, not a meal-type food. It's now considered a meal-type food, and therefore, uh, its own bracha would not be required. The Mishabura concluded that uh, because we're not really sure whether a bracha should be made or not, so he says, ideally, a person should find a raw fruit, make the bracha on that raw fruit, and then that would cover, uh, you know, any of these uh, fruits that were cooked with uh, meal-type foods. He says, if that's not an option, so then you should eat the meat and fruit concoction before you go ahead and you wash. There wouldn't be a problem of bracha shenatzricha, needless bracha, because we don't know uh, what, whether or not the bracha is required. So we say, just move it up, front load it, and then you'll be good to go. That's sort of where we left off. One of the uh, foods that we talked about, and we got into a big fight afterwards, was the tzimis. He gives the example of some sort of apple or pear tzimis, which uh, uh, he suggests is maybe one of these types of foods that would not require its own bracha. And I said that, and I forgot to do the research, but uh, we would have to figure out the difference between a tzimis and a compote, because right here in the Mishabura's last comment, he says, ve'ein b'chalze, everything that we just talked about, uh, we would not include the following. That we bring out uh, some cooked fruit as a dessert. So he says, when it comes to a kampat uh, that comes at the end of the meal, that's always served as a dessert, meaning it's inherently not a meal-type food, even though the tzimis, which sounds like it's very similar, that has potential, at least, to be a meal-type food. The kampat is always served as a dessert, and because it's a dessert, it's Lekinuach, which we said is going to be an important distinction, it's meant purely for the taste, not necessarily to make the meal, right? I'm not trying to become satisfied by the, uh, by the kampat. So then it would always require its own bracha. So again, just an example of uh, a similar type of food that depending on how I'm eating it will determine whether or not a bracha is made. We, we talked about that the other night, that some foods are always going to require their own bracha, some are never going to require the bracha, and some foods, depending on how I eat it. So the tzimis might not need a bracha, but the kampat definitely does. So uh, again, we'll try as we keep going uh, forward to make sure that the distinction is clear, and we always note not only the type of food, but how the food is being eaten. Rabbi